0: So tonight we're gonna to talk about the Pauline prayers though, so let's go there. Ephesians chapter one. Yes. Hallelujah. And we'll preach a little while and then we'll pray over these claws. Preach and teach. Ephesians yes. chapter one. And uh not everybody knows and I know there I'm sure I can think of something to say tonight by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will think of something to say tonight that'll help even though those of you that know mostly all about the Pauline prayers. And by Pauline, Pauline prayers, we mean the prayers of Paul that are recorded in the epistles of Paul. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And one thing for sure, if you start in Corinthians, which uh, Paul wrote, and you go all the way through Titus, or actually Hebrews, uh, through which Paul wrote, then you real well, one thing you come to understand is that Paul not only understood prayer but he very much throughout every one of his epistles uh emphasized the importance of prayer he uh, and he also uh he he showed us he told us the prayers that he prayed and he also told us uh instructions on prayer that don't include the prayers he prayed um so we're going to look at some of the actual prayers he prayed tonight. And um, if we get to it or sometime, we may look at the instructions that he gave on prayer. But that's I have those listed last. Um, one of the things I wanted to do this for, first of all, this has been on my heart since early January to do this. And I just couldn't get to it. But one of the things that I believe the reason the Lord wants us to do this is because uh, we are Preparing for a healing center, a prayer and healing center. And one of the things that's really, really important when you go to pray for people is that you be covered in prayer. That you know how to pray for yourself. You know how to pray for yourself effectively. And I believe this is not the only way, but this is one of the things that we need to be doing if not every day, at least on a regular basis, is praying these uh, Pauline prayers for not only they will help us because uh, a lot of what we'll be praying about in the, these in Paul's prayers are uh, revelation, about God giving us revelation. If there's anything you need in order to pray for sick people is you need revelation. You must have revelation operating. You must have word of knowledge operating uh it's just imperative because you will not be able to go very far uh, in prayer without that the supernatural side of hearing from God. And so this is how we pray for ourselves, that we would have those things. And there's some other things in these prayers that we'll talk about. But uh, then there's also praying and getting under the blood of Jesus and then putting on the armor of God, which is also a Paul thing when he talks about putting on the armor of God. So uh, let's look in Ephesians chapter 1 and begin in verse 17. And this is the first of Paul's prayers. And it says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to read this in the King James, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we're going to kind of just look at this verse by verse. And uh, that word spirit there, the spirit uh, of wisdom, the spirit is not like the holy spirit but it's it's the influence in our life it's the influence which fills us and govern us governs us like you could say someone had a spirit of joy in other words they're filled with joy they're governed by joy and this is like he wants you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and that word that wisdom and revelation is kind of goes together it's not like it's separate because um it's it's uh, they say it's a um Figure of speech, uh, in other words, it, it's it's a it goes together, and it's really means all sp- a a spirit of truly revealed wisdom in the knowledge of Him. It's the mystery revealed to Paul when he was caught up. It's actually the mystery or the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It's what Paul received in the as the mystery when he was caught up and it was revealed to him and it's uh it's revealed to us paul said i'm i'm praying that this be revealed to you just like it was revealed to me and think about that scripture deuteronomy 29 29 if you remember it it says uh the secret things belong to the lord but those the things that are revealed belong to us the revealed things belong to us and paul wanted to know us to know what had been revealed to us and uh, and then in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 8, it's called the hidden wisdom. And we're just going to, uh, in Ephesians 1, 9, we can go back to that. Having made known unto us the mystery. It's a mystery. It actually means the mystery of his will. It's the mystery. In Romans 16, 25, it's the mystery that which was kept secret since the world began. So Paul wants us to have this revealed, this thing that's been revealed to him. And once it's been revealed to any person, then it belongs to the whole body of Christ anything that's revealed and so uh just like uh, pastors talk before black when someone gets healed of, of of muscular dystrophy even though maybe they were the first one ever which I, I don't i'm not saying that but anyway once it's revealed that god heals that then it belongs to all of us so everything that's revealed belongs to every person in the body of Christ. And he's wanting us to know this and understanding the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now that word knowledge is detailed knowledge or super knowledge, uh, or we could say supernatural knowledge or revelation. This is not just um, the, first of all, it's detailed A lot of people know there is a God, but that's not detailed knowledge, Uh, you know. And then they may not have any supernatural revelation about who God really is and who He is to us. And God wants, you know, what we think God wants to be a secret. Sometimes that we want that He's a secret person, and He wants to be kept secret. Uh, And I think most Christians kind of believe that. Maybe they've never said it out loud, but in it really how they think they believe that but it's not true he wants to reveal himself to us he wants us to be detailed in what we understand about him and so he said uh the revel- revelation in the knowledge of him he we need to have the details and he wants us to have the details um Verse eighteen: The eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, the uh, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. The eyes of the understanding refers to the the soul. It's the eyes of our understanding. It's the heart. It's the it's the it's the heart part of the soul. It's and it also includes the mind. Our mind needs to understand. The, our our mind and we can't just have all knowledge in our spirit man, and know nothing in our mind because that doesn't do us any good. We have to have understanding, uh, also in our mind. So the eyes of our understanding, uh, being enlightened, are full of light that we may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That word "know" means uh, knowledge grounded on personal experience. Now I will mention here: we're not going to, we may not take the time tonight to go into all of this because I can't really read from two places and have enough time but if you read these prayers from the amplified bible you pretty much get all of this because actually these words are explained and spelled out you know how the amplified bible in parentheses will have the hebrew or greek meaning in this case the greek and so um he wants us to have a uh a uh, To know him, this is knowledge grounded on personal experience. What is the hope of his calling? And that word calling there is klesis or comes from the word ecclesia. You know, we use the word ecclesia is the word we always translate as church in the Bible, and so it's the called out ones. And so he wants um, the hope of his uh, calling. The hope of his calling or the calling the uh, ecclesia and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, every time the word riches is used in the Bible... It's always refers to secular riches, or in its negative, it's usually in a negative sense, except for Paul. When Paul uses the word riches, he never uses it in a negative sense, but instead talks about uh, the riches of his glory here in this case, and it means wealth, fullness abundance and plentitude of his glory. And it's also he uses it in Philippians 4.19 that my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. Hallelujah. His wealth, his fullness, his abundance, his plentitude. And uh, so the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Uh, We have to remind ourselves here of this inheritance that we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And that's what he's trying to reveal to us, there—that's what he wants us to pray. That we will understand what we are, are joint heirs with. We can say we're joint heirs with Jesus, but if we don't know what He's got and what we have, then we don't really know enough. Uh, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe, according to the working of His mighty power? And that word "exceeding" means "hooper." It's it's the Greek word ballo, It means surpassing greatness, or surpassing, go way, going way beyond. Surpassing greatness, only this word's only ever used by Paul. Nobody else use it. You know, he really did get a revelation when he got caught up in the third heaven, and he saw some things that Peter couldn't explain it, and James couldn't explain it, and John couldn't explain it. But he's explaining it to us that it's exceeding, it's um, it's surpassing, going way beyond. And greatness means great. It's size. It's a size word. It's big, huge. So God is surpassing, going way beyond huge. Way beyond bigness uh, of his power, and that's miracle power. That word's dunamis there. Hallelujah. So, what is exceeding bigness, greatness, superabundant passing? Dunamis power to us who believe. We've got it, folks. We, not because of something we did, not because of how awesome we are, but because he's given it to us. And he said, you need to pray that just be revealed to you and that you understand this because uh, you, you've got it. And then he goes on to the greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Uh, that word power is, that last word power, that mighty power is energia and it's opera, operative power. So it's not, it's not only a miracle working power, uh, but it's actually in operation in our lives. Actually in operation. You know, not just, uh, well, miracle power. Well, they got miracle power. You know, you've heard of people that have... Uh, a gift as pastor's been talking about no gift well you've heard of people they have a gift but sometimes you go to their meetings and it's not in operation have you ever been to i have i've been to a lot of meetings to somebody that supposedly had a gift and it just didn't operate that night i don't know why sometimes gifts don't operate because gifts are subject to atmosphere and uh, you know all sorts of things and also subject to has anything anything in our spirit always has to go through our soul, so uh but this is the working of his mighty power that 's uh his miracle working power that 's working in us, oh hallelujah, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now this is the very same power that God used to raise Christ from the dead, which it took that that is the greatest amount of power that 's ever been. Yeah that was greater than creation power when he created the heavens and earth when he raised jesus from the dead brought him out of hell that was ultimate ultimate power that's e- that's ever been displayed and recorded that we know of here on the earth the ultimate the ultimate thing hallelujah so that's a, a an awesome thing to pray and we do pray that and this is how you pray it for yourself father i pray I pray, or just say I pray, that the God of our Lord, verse 17, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to me, because I believe according to the working of your mighty power. And I thank you, Lord, for that. And you can just thank the Lord for that. And you can pray that for other people. And uh, hallelujah. We'll see that later on as we look at some of the prayers of Paul. And then going over to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I like to start in verse 14 for this one. Although the prayer doesn't actually start till 16. But I like this part. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To be strengthened with might. Huh? That is That word might is manifested power, or dunamis again, miracle working power. Hallelujah. In the inner man, or in the spirit. So you're going to find as we look at these... Um, um, uh, prayers of Paul in, ver- in, in chapter one, that prayer it we talked about he talked about our soul or our heart or the mind, the eyes of our understanding, be enlightened. so we were actually praying for our soul, our understanding in the mind, but here he talks about praying for our spirit, so you're going to find that throughout all the different prayers that he prays in these Ephesians' prayers that you end up praying for your 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 body, your soul and your spirit so you end up praying for your complete man or if you're praying for somebody else you pray for their complete and total man which is awesome because you know i think god really simplified prayer for us through the prayers of paul but we've overlooked some of it and try to you know we don't have to recreate the wheel (laughs) you know we can just pray what he instructed us to pray and we will have come a long way in prayer hallelujah so um Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that ye would be rooted and grounded in love. And that is uh, rooted or strengthened with roots. In other words, you've got roots going down deep and that's what makes you strong. Uh, this um, And so, boy, that, when we pray that, we're praying for our own spiritual strength that we would be strengthened. And grounded means to be stabilized, established. In love, which is agape there, the word agape there, the God kind of love, that unconditional love. God wants us to be rooted and stabilized in the fact of how much He loves us, and it's not and, and that. So when you pray that, you get into the whole thing of I don't earn this because agape love is unconditional. Uh, you know, we sing that song. Uh, it His love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. That's agape love because every other kind of love will fail, will give up, and will run out on you. If you push it far enough. But you can't push God far enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know there's been some people that tried to push him that far. But uh, you can't push God far enough that his love will ever fail. Or, and this is the kind of love that God wants us to be established in. Because once we get established in that love, we are very powerful as, as Christians. That's the kind of Christians that don't backslide. Don't quit going to church. You know, when you're rooted and grounded in love, I don't care what you say to me. I'm not going to run out on God either I don't care how bad you treat me how much you say about me you know what they criticize me of when I'm rooted and grounded in love you know they can come with their whatever sword or whatever and say I'm going to cut your head off but you're rooted and grounded you're established in his agape love and it's like hallelujah but and so that's what we're all uh, needing Verse 18 that we may be able that I may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth. Comprehend there means to lay hold of. That I can not that I can lay hold of this love. Not just with a head knowledge and yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I've been that kind of Christian. I was that kind of Christian for a long time. I'm not saying I'm all the way there. I still need to pray this where uh uh I um uh, you know that I'm thoroughly and completely established in love and the way to tell if you're thoroughly and completely and you're rooted and grounded in love is that you have to go over to 1 John where it says perfect love casts out all fear and so if you've got any fear back to the drawing board that I may be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height of your love for me God and I know I'm not all the way there yet because I'm Tempted to fear in this area, or I'm tempted to fear in that area. Hallelujah. So, praise God. We all need this. You will never get where you don't need these things because there's always another place to love. And verse 19, and to know, this means the word know means to experience for yourself. Know the love of Christ to experience for yourself the agape love of Christ. Now, this is not just knowing it with your head, but that you are having experiences with the love of God. You are you are having encounters with God, and it, and, and you know that hallelujah with the agape love of Christ, which passeth, which passeth knowledge, and this goes. This is super knowledge again. Revelation. And that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. To be filled with the fullness. This means having more than one experience. And having uh, not only having more than one experience with God. But more than one aspect of His truth and power. So you're having experiences with God. And and you're seeing this. We talked about multifaceted a couple of weeks ago. You're seeing the different uh personality and understanding God in new ways, and you're seeing Him in ways that you never saw Him before that helps you understand His love. It pro- it, I, I, type, I copied this out of the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It points to a broad-based spirituality balanced through participating in all of God's blessings, resources, and wisdom. So when you pray for yourself, this scripture, you are praying that you will not only, you will experience, you will literally participate in every one of God's blessings. And literally participate in all of His resources. Now that is something. And all of His wisdom. And having this 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 love. This love is... This love is something else. Now unto him who is able, that is able to exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Um, this is that above, that exceeding, exceeding there is over and above, more than is necessary, super added, exceeding abundantly or supremely. Let me go back up to verse um, 19. The fullness, I missed a thing, with all the fullness of God. In the Amplified, it says, with all of your being, spirit, spirit, soul, and body. So when you pray for this, you are praying that you experience those things with all of your being. Spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. And the Amplified it actually says that your body would be holy or W H O L L Y holy filled. Over and above. Hallelujah. So uh, exceeding there is over and above, super added. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. See, hallelujah. In other words, what you're saying is, God, bless me beyond what I know to ask. Bless me beyond what I know that I I can even think about because I've never even heard about anybody getting blessed like this. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God according to the power that worketh in us. And now we go over to Philippians. The next one's in Philippians. Can you get me a Kleenex express? Philippians 1, verse uh, 9. Philippians 1, 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all, and all judgment. That word abound means to exceed what is normal or, nat- or natural. So, you know, there's a normal and natural love. There's even normal and natural love for like a Christian. But this is exceeding that, uh, exceeding what is normal and natural. And uh, in all judgment... That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God, now we won't go over all these words again, but the word knowledge super knowledge, and you you can get that that it's we're going in there, and then he has praise that we be that we can approve the things that are excellent, and then he says um uh, being filled up, to, filled, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. That means being filled up to the full. It means everything you see and understand. Everything you see and understand. Here's what it means. Let me get this thought going again. Being filled up to the full. Refer backing up to verse nine, where it says that your love may abound, and then so. If you sum this whole thing up, is that he's praying that everything we see and understand will be seen and understood through love. Everything we see and understand will be seen and understand stood through love. Well, that's exactly how God is. That's exactly how Jesus is. He didn't ever see anything except he saw it through love. God is love. He cannot see anything when he looks at Iran. When I look at Iran, I guarantee you right now, I don't see it through love. Hallelujah. But, you know, I'm trying to love Iranians. I believe I want to. I pray that God would help me. I know there are people that that really do love the Iranian people and really do pray for them. But I'll just be honest. I'm not there. I love Israel. I love. I have no problem loving most of the people of the earth. Uh, and and I can even love Iranian Christians, but Hallelujah! But Jesus, everything we see and everything we understand, we would see it and understand it through the eyes of love, and that's the prayer of Philippians one nine, and then Colossians one nine is the next one. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Well, that is a very important prayer to pray because don't we all need to understand the knowledge of his will for our lives? I need to know your will, Lord. And so I need to pray this prayer so that I might understand your will. And it actually means that word filled, filled with the knowledge of your will means filled up to the full. Filled up to the full. The knowledge talked about super knowledge or uh, the un- understanding in our soul, understanding in our mind. It's one thing for our spirit. Our spirit always knows the will of God. But we have to have that understanding being brought to our mind. Uh, uh, and then verse 10, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, This is, if you look this up in the Amplified, you see what it means. It's talking about growing spiritually, that you might grow spiritually and increase, increasing in the knowledge of his will. It talks about, um, it talks about. Uh, in the Amplified, it talks about being invigorated and strengthened. So it's, you know, hallelujah. Don't don't you want to be invigorated? And being invigorated is a physical thing sometimes, so it's the body. But also, our minds, you know, our minds can make us feel bad or feel good. You know, if you're kind of hmm, everything's going wrong. Well, you're not invigorated. You don't feel like, boy, it's just like, I don't just, I just don't feel like doing anything to do. That's a part of the soul. That's feelings. I don't feel like doing anything to go. Well, God wants us to be invigorated in our soul, in our mind, in our will. So we wake up in the morning and we say, I'm ready to go. Let's go after it. Let's get it. Let's hit it. Let's, uh, instead of, oh, I don't want to pray today. Oh, I'm so tired. You know? <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in invigoration. We pray for to be invigorated tonight, Lord, to be strengthened. Lord God, strengthened with all might, according to your glorious power, unto all patience. That is all might is dunamis. That's miracle working power. Supernatural. According to his glorious power, which is kratos, that last power is kratos, and it is manifested power. We all need this. We need this every day. I need to be. I need to be invigorated, and strengthened, not only in my physical body but in my spirit and in my soul. Hallelujah! And then going over to Colossians 4:12, which is the next one. It says, uh, "Epaphras, epi- <laughs> Epaphras, who is <laughs> who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you always, laboring fervently." For you in prayers. We need those people in the body of Christ that will labor fervently for us. Hallelujah. That we may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That word complete means filled up to the full with all the will of God. This is talking about, so. I told you when we started here. I told you that when you pray these prayers, all the Pauline prayers, basically before you're through, you've basically prayed for everything you would need to pray for for yourself or for somebody else. And this is talking about when you pray, and this is uh, it's about character and conviction and standing firm, stand, that you may stand perfect. That's character and conviction and firm in maturity with spiritual growth uh, in all the will of God, not doubting. We, let's read that in the Amplified. I want you all to see that because it's, it's pretty special. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of yourselves, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always striving for you earnestly in his prayers, pleading that you may, as persons of ripe character and clear conviction, stand firm and mature in spiritual growth, convinced and fully assured in everything willed by God. So this is a, a prayer not only that you have good character, that you would uh, have a strong and clear conviction. Do we ever need that in the body of Christ and in the world today is somebody that would stand up for something. I heard a man talking the other day and he said, man, I wish somebody in this United States Congress would get a backbone, you know, and quit caving every time and and would stand up. He said, because I wouldn't even care if they, if what they stood for, I didn't agree with. If somebody would just stand up and be con- convinced and convicted about something well that prays that we will have that that backbone that conviction that that and it, it, it uh and that we would stand firm that would be a good scripture i guess we ought to be praying for our congress and uh and then that we would have maturity in christ and that we would grow spiritually and then he said there i like this last part fully assured this is when you you're praying for you this you're praying that you wouldn't doubt because if you're fully assured you're not doubting you're not doubting you're not doubting and you're you're praying for other people that they would not doubt hallelujah this these are powerful, powerful prayers then go to first thessalonians five twenty three now there's other places as you read the Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, as you read Corinthians, as you read Timothy and Thessalonians and so forth, that you will find things about prayer. And I believe some of them are actually uh this is prayers he prayed but i believe he actually told us how he prayed and how to pray in some of those places 1st Thessalonians 5:23 i'll read this from the amplified just cuz i've got it open here and may the god of peace himself sanctify you through and through separate you from profane things make you pure and wholly consecrated to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, one of the things this is when you're praying this prayer in 1 Thessalonians 5, and a lot of people leave this out, this one, when they list the Pauline prayers, but I believe this is one of the most important prayers of the Pauline prayers. And it, you're praying about being pure and about being holy. Hallelujah. Praying for your own purity and holiness. In other words, that God would help you to live that way. And it's also praying and then and, and, and sanctify uh and set apart your whole spirit and soul and body. And even um can apply this to the body in the sense of uh Gloria Copeland always uses this scripture. Uh that your soul and body be preserved sound and complete that she always says uh that when she goes in the rapture there's not going to be any parts missing in other words we're not going up with you know they've removed something Hallelujah! All the parts, everything, what does she say? Nothing missing, nothing broken, or something to that effect. Hallelujah. That's a pretty powerful verse, isn't it? And then 2 Thessalonians, if you'll just turn one page. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. Another Pauline prayer. "...with this in view, we constantly pray for you, that our God may deem and count you worthy of your calling." And His ever gracious purpose of goodness, and with power may complete in your every particular work of faith, faith which is that leaning of the whole human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. So when you pray First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, excuse me, one eleven, you're talking, you're praying about your calling, the thing that God has called you to do. You're praying about the work of faith. Anything that God has called you to do is a work of faith. Somebody said it this way, if you can do it by yourself with just natural talents, that isn't what God called you to do. Hallelujah. Because everything He calls you to do is going to take faith. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that uh, there, fulfill means filled up to the full. And then Lord, the word power there, if you read this in the King James, is uh miracle power or yeah it's dunamis miracle power as you know how we exhorted and comforted and oh no that's i'm on, i'm in two back up one now 11's up here second oh i'm in first this one i wonder i'm struggling and the work of faith with power The work of faith with miracle power. Whatever God has called you to do, He's willing to put His miracle power in it. Hallelujah. He's not expecting you to do this by yourself. And so we need to pray. God, you know, thank you, Lord. Your miracle power in this prayer and healing center. Your miracle power in this, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. To one thing about... uh, this, the Pauline prayers that I think makes them super, super important is we can find prayer in the Old Testament, we can find prayer in the Gospels, but we know these prayers are for our dispensation and the time that we live in. They're, in. they're for the church age. Hallelujah. And so that's pretty important. Let's go over to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. And this is uh this is one of those places where it's not exactly what you would call appalling prayer, but he does give us some instructions on praying, and um, God really worked with me on this scripture a while ago. It's been a while now, but uh and and it helped me so much because one of the things I've actually struggled with doing what this scripture says to do. But let's look at this. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our savior who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth i think there's some keys in here that we maybe we've missed and we've just took this as an exhortation to pray Pray for leaders, pray for those in authority, pray for kings, pray for presidents, and do it first of all. Well, that has been kind of hard for me, and at different times it's been hard for me. Sometimes I hit it right on, and then sometimes I haven't so much in the past. But one thing I realized is that Paul not only told us to pray, but he told us what to pray here. And sometimes we kind of miss that, and he says... Uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So what the Lord said to me was, He said, I want you to start praying that they'll make decisions that the leaders throughout the world and in the United States of America and in Alabama, that they will make decisions that enable enable you to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And so He tells us what kind of decisions that they're supposed to make. Uh, and so we pray that for him for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our father and then he gives us another clue of what he wants to pray us to pray for these men who will have all men to come, to be saved so we pray father for these leaders and those that are in authority all throughout the earth and in our united states government and in the alabama state government that they would uh they that you would uh give them opportunity to be saved and that the, word, the, word, the way to be saved will be brought across their path. Hallelujah. For it is your desire, Lord, that all be saved. And, Father, I pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, reveal your truth to them. Reveal your will to them. In Jesus' name we ask. And then, of course, you're free to pray in the Spirit or any kind of intercession that God shows you something specific. If God shows you something specific that needs to be prayed for, we prayed about, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu coming to Congress, and, 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 and that we prayed specifically there uh, a couple of weeks ago. We've prayed for some specific things. So we pray specifically, but aside from the specifically, because I don't know if you know how to pray for the king of Norway, but i don't i don't even know what they do over there or what they're doing but and they're never in the news i think that's because they don't ever do anything and don't ever stand up for anything (laughs) or you know they don't ruffle any feathers over there (laughs) hallelujah but when you can pray this you can pray for them that those in our authority there come to the knowledge of the truth they're saved and father that they are um they make decisions so that the Christians in Norway can lead quiet and peaceable lives. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then going over to First Timothy chapter 4, here's another one of those places where Paul didn't tell us, he didn't pray here, but he told us how to pray. And that's First Timothy 4 and 5. And it says, uh, and this is talking about uh, food. And we know that from verse uh uh, for uh, for every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, uh, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by, by the word of God and prayer. Hallelujah! We know not not from verse four, but from verse three, that this is talking about food, because in verse th- three he says, "Now in the there's going to come people that are forbidding to marry." and commanding to abstain from meats, which God has created. And then it says, verse 4, For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. So there's no creature on earth that we can't eat, but we must sanctify it by the word of God and prayer. And one way, so, it, you know, this is a matter of... Uh, not asking God to sanctify it. He didn't say it. Now, ask God to sanctify your food, which many people do. But no, it's you commanding. We command this food to be sanctified. We sanctify this by the Word. We call it clean and holy. We declare it clean and holy. Even my littlest grandson, he, he calls it clean and holy when he prays. And uh Hallelujah. And so that's the power of sanctification, and we can eat anything. Now, you may not want to eat anything, but if you're put in that position where they're serving up grasshoppers or something, well, hallelujah, you're not going to be breaking any laws or eating any unclean thing. Hallelujah. And you, So you can, you can eat skunk, you can eat. Oh, I saw somebody posted this. I never heard of such. this, But it was an old antique can. Like for something that, you know, can, like food with us in the can. And this can, and it was, this was not like home canned. This was like in a can that you would sell because it had the label and everything. And it was possum with gravy. And I was like, oh my word. How <laughs> Can you believe that they actually sold that in the grocery store somewhere? But you could eat it. Hallelujah. And I know my grandfather ate, uh, Raccoon and because he would always talk about that with collard greens and you know hallelujah and you know squirrel there are people that love them even oh Phil on Duck Dynasty tells his grandkids don't marry anybody unless she can cook squirrel <sighs> so we sanctify it hallelujah I will mention this and then we'll pray. That uh four times in the epistles, Paul says, "Pray for us, and so we're supposed to not only we're we're supposed to be praying for those that are ministering the gospel and praying for people. Hallelujah, we've got to get our prayers out beyond just bless me, my four, no more. I remember a time in my life which i when I was so bogged down in prayer for myself and our needs and all the everything, but it's really you have you have matured. When you realize that uh that if I pray for others, God'll take care of me, so you've come a long ways when you get to that point in first corinthians in first Corinthians, we're not going to go there tonight, but Paul will just say this that paul he spends his time in prayer talking about praying in tongues or praying in spirit. that's what he talks about in that book um in First Thessalonians 5.17, he says, pray without ceasing. In Romans 12.12, 12, he says, be instant in prayer. In 1 Corinthians 7.5, he says that we are to have times and seasons of prayer. Have you ever had a season of prayer where you were kind of just praying more than usual? I've had a few of those. 2 Corinthians 1.11, he says, uh, prayer is the ministry of helps. Hallelujah! You are actually operating in the ministry of helps when you pray for your church. And when uh, Ephesians six eighteen, he says to pray with always, with all different kinds of prayer, use them all. He tells us to use them all. He tells us to persevere in prayer and to pray for all the saints. Hallelujah! So pray without ceasing. That's that's the only way to get all that done. Is pray without ceasing. Pray on the way to work. Pray during the work pray in the spirit glory to God now we're going to specifically pray over two of these so I'm going to get the people on this side uh, to pray for esophageal cancer to be healed the lady's name is Marilyn y'all just three take it in your hands and hold it and hallelujah and we'll get the people on this side we'll pray for this one last you're going to pray for breast cancer The lady's name is Kim. Hallelujah. Y'all take that in your hands and hold it. Well, how about if we just go uh, and me and Pastor will pray for this one. How about that?